cliffcentral.com. This is the Digital Influence with Ryan Hogan. Stories of digital transformation in business, in relationships, and in life. As we roll headlong toward digital transformation, we're we're realizing more and more we've got to have a deeper understanding for people, you know, the people we work with, our customers, and all that sort of thing. So we're going to be touching on that particular topic today. I find myself today in the boardroom of Access Communications in in Bryanston, and I'm sitting with the country manager which of, of Access Communications, and he tells me that's one of many titles, but we're going to roll with that one today. Roy, correct. Yeah. Roy Alves. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, and, uh, and thanks for l- allowing me into your boardroom. Yeah, thanks for coming. That's uh, probably your first mistake, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we roll yeah. from here. So, okay, so we're going to talk about why I was interested in talking to you, Roy, is I'd, I'd seen something that you guys were doing which, which was all around sort of understanding customers and what your customers were doing and, and, and counting. And, and Tell me about that. Let's kick off with that. Sure. Yes. So, so many of my friends always ask me, so Roy, what do you do? Because they always, always have this big puzzled question where I say we manufacture security cameras. And security cameras historically have always been these dumb devices that hang on a wall of a sort of a bank or a building that acted as a deterrence. And in many instances, it was that in the early days. But the the technology has evolved significantly over the last, I would say, seven or eight years. With the ability now, they're all digital, they're all network attached, they all have an IP address, they have a web interface, so very much like any other network attached piece of equipment. But the one unique feature is that you can load applications into these cameras. Okay. So very much like your Google Play Store, the the Apple iTunes Store, Mm you can go download specific applications which fit your needs. We're all familiar with the smartphone, mm. the tablet configuration. So the concept of that in the retail space, which we'll talk a little bit about the retailers, is it allows these retailers, besides doing the normal security record and view type security type application, they can start doing some very clever stuff as well. And I think this is where the technology is lending itself to sort of building their business and growing their revenues more than what it's done before. For example, you know, if, you, if you're an online store and you have people logging in and buying um, things off, off that website, it's very easy to see who they are. You know, their the, the demographic, exactly what their buying patterns were. So if it was a lady that had a baby, you could then go and flash up a bunch of items that pertain to her. So mm. nappies or prams or, you know, sort of baby clothes. Very interesting for her. But for bricks and mortar stores, your normal walk-in retailer, they have no idea who's walking through their store. And in many instances, if you ask a retailer at 12 o'clock on a Friday afternoon at the end of the month, who is your audience in that store? They don't have a clue. Mm. They don't know. So what it allows in the technology is now to actually go and look at the demographic and, t- and be able to say at certain times of the day or certain times of the month, and certain, there's actually a pattern you might find a demographic of, let's say, teenagers coming in after school, could be, that are going to, and the majority of them being ladies, you know, you know, 18, 19-year-old going into your store. You could be, I mean, I'm a pharmaceutical, and you could be doing a wrinkle cream or something mm-hmm. that pertains mm-hmm. to them. So now your signage and, and gearing up for that audience becomes very, very important. So it's, it's really addressing that customer experience in your store. 
if you're an old person walking into a store, you don't want to see a whole lot of signage about wrinkle creams, for instance, if you sure. example. Mm. So it's becoming a little bit of a science now. And the next thing is, where do customers walk? You know, do they walk? Where, where are the heat maps in that store? Where can I start merchandising and taking the cost of that signage and merchandise? Talk about that a bit more. What do you mean by, what do you mean by heat maps? Or what do you, I mean, where does the traffic go? So okay. people walk into my store, where do they where And, do and they how congregate? does your technology track that or, or know that? So what we do is we have a bunch of cameras, hemispherical cameras, which give you a 360-degree view, mounted in the ceiling looking down at the, the floor space. And based on a, a month of, of activity in the store, they can start creating heat maps or different colored palettes on where people are standing. But on top of that is I can see where the direction of the traffic is moving. So where are people in the majority of the times walking through my store? So I can start creating... A, let's say, a better customer experience from, from merchandising goods to m- moving people through the store in a more efficient way. So quite a bit of science there. But I think that the heat mapping comes very, becomes very interesting in people at, in the queue at the checkout counters. Okay. That's where things start getting a little bit interesting because people don't like standing in queues. I mean, I really? personally don't. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a government department, we're pretty much at their mercy. Yes. But in a retail space, you really, two or three minutes, people want to be in and out that, that, mm. that, that queue and, and at a tiller. So now suddenly you can start doing queue analysis on the, on the floor space. So if people are standing in a static position for, let's say, 30 seconds or 45 seconds, send an alert, open another till, bring a manager on the floor, uh, you know, send someone to talk to them. So how, this, them. How, are you, how are you doing all of this from a, uh, I mean, because if you're moving, you know, every store in the world uh, has, has got cameras because from a security point of view, obviously you want to you keep an eye on things and that sort of thing. But how are you now, because this is effectively re, almost increasing the job description of a camera. Correct. You're going, okay, we're not just going to watch what's going on now. Now you've got other functions to do. Correct. Technologically, how, how is that connection being made between, uh, you know, there's a room somewhere where someone's watching those cameras or it's recording, but now, now you're moving it from security to operations or sales or whatever it might be. A so, business intelligence yeah, for Exactly. Yeah. So how, technologically, how, how are you redeploying that? Well, th- think about it. I mean, if we were just going to be selling security cameras, it becomes there's no everyone. You kick a stone now, everyone's selling security cameras. So we, we've had to, over the years, start thinking a little bit out of the box mm. and start, what more can we do with these cameras to give the customer more value in these mm. products? And I, and I think, I mean, the security thing, obviously, that's a checkbox that we all have yes. having to do. But the important thing now is, you know, how can the store owners increase their revenue? What can they do different in those stores? They've got a fixed rental cost on their floor square meterage. Mm. What more can I do in this store to drive sales? How can I better position my products, my merchandise for the audience that's there? And this is the, this is the discussions. And I, and I, I mean, we in, in South Africa, it's a little bit different, is that we sometimes at the mercy of the shops, people will go to the shops because it's the only one offering those goods. For example, yes. in Europe and the US, and definitely in Asia, there's many shops offering exactly the same thing. Massive competitors. What are they going to do different? Yeah. So the retailers are having to, to up their game in, in, in significantly to make sure that they get the foot traffic. Whereas I think in South Africa, it's, we are a little bit at the mercy of the, 
However, it's becoming, look at all the malls that you see going out. Mm. You're seeing a lot more shops, bricks and mortar. So then who are your customers? Who are you, I mean, are you going for the, the, the center management guys or are you going to Clix or Discam or who are you trying to... It's mainly the chain stores. It's the, the bigger chain stores that have a presence in most of them. So clicks, discam, Those type of guys, exactly. Of okay. I mean, we do talk to the centre management, and the centre management, I mean, there's a, there's a very nice story to tell you. Centre management, three or four years ago, were really not interested in, in camera quality or image quality from cameras. Mm. I mean, there's a, they just wanted people to see that there was cameras. Or was, exactly. Yeah. And, and effectively, it was an insurance requirement for many shop, <laughs> for mall owners to have a security system. Yes. Over the last few years, you've seen the you know, aggravated crime that's happening in the stores. Jewelry stops, shelf, yes. um, cell phone shops being hit. Uh, you've seen, I mean, horrific crimes being happening. And now this, the social media influence of people talking about a particular mall that's been hit three or four times, that these guys have now had to invest in high-quality imaging cameras. Yes. So before, going from the past of just having a camera, which is a camera which is on my wall, yes. to now saying, if I, have, I want the right camera in the right position, making sure that when it, when it does capture images, I need high-quality facial information. Or if there's a vehicle parked in the car park, I want to make sure I know exactly which car it is. I want to be able to read the registration, and I want to use that in a court of law. Okay, okay. So, the, so the center management have become a lot more educated. And I would, I would attribute that to the social media, because people jump onto Facebook Absolutely. and Twitter. And, and once you say, know, three or four, it's like, okay. This is the third or fourth attempt. Third or fourth attempt at this mall where I've seen guys running around with, with guns. Yes. I mean... The average shop is not going to go to the mall anymore. Yes. So then, you know, then there's that whole pressure of how do I how do I significantly change the perspective of this mall? Okay. And you see it in the media today. Have a look at the malls. They actually put it onto social media. They show, you know, this is the, they share the footage that they're getting out of their control room, and they share it. In the oh, really? In the space, yeah. That's actually oh, very good. I think that's a that's a positive. Bravo change. to them at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> at the moment. Let's catch these guys. <laughs> Okay, great. And then, okay, so coming back now to how, how have you found the appetite for, your, for this idea of having deeper insight, business intelligence about what's going down in your shop? Are you, how are you so, doing with it? So, so, Ryan, good question. There's a, there is a couple of challenges. Mm. One of the challenges being is that security cameras have always fallen under the responsibility of a loss prevention manager or a security type. Of individual. Course, yes. So the retailers, the, cha- the major chains, have always relied on a, a loss prevention security top guy looking and, after. And, that. and is that typically outsourced? Is that or is it? Yes, it's a combination. Okay. It's a, it's okay. a combination of that. And the thing is, what the, the, the challenge that we have is, is the new intelligent cameras of these applications is more geared to you know to maybe uh, you know a more business orientated. Uh, it's a bottom line. It's yes. you know, it's the bean counts. How are we going to derive more revenue out yes. of a loss-producing store? And so, how do we how do we convince him and not the security guy? Because the security guys also have a little bit of an issue saying this. You know, we don't want to share they have ownership issues. Absolutely, exactly. They're holding on to yeah, that, yeah. that that protection of that. Yeah. Okay, but so okay, so then your challenge then becomes messaging, telling a story. Uh, enticing them, yeah. How long have you been doing this? When, is, when did this become a thing for you guys? Probably in the early 2000s it started. It started. What, was this? With... Intelligent cameras, yeah. Really? Mm. So not many people know about it, unfortunately. Jeez, that's amazing. Okay. So, and then in terms of the, the software that goes into it, the apps, let's call it that, 
who's developing that? Is that something you guys, is it proprietary or you bought it to you? How does that work? It's a, it's a, a bit of both. So we do a lot of our own. We, we produce a lot of our applications in, in-house. But what we have, it's a, we have an open source, and it was one of the discussions I wanted to have with you. It's mm. a very much everything in the, in the products is, is an open source, yes. open API. Oh, okay. When we have a lot of tools for developers to produce these analytics that sit inside the cameras now. One of the things that's made a huge difference is the image quality over the last few years. Yes. So doing analytics in the past was quite difficult because you had quite grainy, noisy mm. images. Today, the sensors and the lenses have just, I mean, wow. it's you know, been a drastic yes. improvement in image performance, which lends itself to doing very nice uh, analytics. So you're getting a lot less false alarms, a lot less right. errors in the, in the analytics. All right. Well, as we now come to the end of this little podcast, Roy, in your estimation, what what is the future of retail? I mean, I, I know it's a very broad question, but I mean, if it, from a retailer's point of view in, in keeping, I mean, you've mentioned a very good point. If you, you drive through Johannesburg, you will drive past a new mall that is being built somewhere on your every, journey. Yeah, it is, every couple of minutes on the highway, you see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in the very good old days, you had Colton Center in the mm. center of Joburg and maybe <laughs> something out sort of toward the north, but now it's just everywhere. everywhere so, yeah. so choice and competition. So from your point of view, technologically, where does this all go? What is the future retail? So we, we, I, I, would, I would probably say that it's to do with trying to automate as much as possible, reduce, reducing the human elements in, the, in these scenarios. If you look at retailers around the world and in South Africa, the majority of the crimes that are committed there's been an internal influence somewhere along the line. A lot of it is attributed to internal. So if you can start producing that human factor, I think you can start lending itself to a lot of other things. I mean, you're starting to see a lot of the retailers in the UK that have tellerless checkout counters. Yes. You actually can go check out without and pay without even one being there. Mm. So I I think the technology is going to lend itself to really replacing the human element in in these stores. So... Definitely in a front office type environment where, the re- where you've got the checkout counters, but, ev- but definitely on the inbound of logistics when you've got deliveries coming in. Yes. We've got the ability already now to see the cameras counting objects. So now I'll count objects coming in on the pallets and I'll verify that with electronic weighbills, for instance, or delivery notes and make sure that the number of pallets, being, the One number of items the other, yeah. are matching. Likewise on the checkout counters, so I can start counting objects moving across it and is there sweetheart scanning or is there some element of collusion going on? Sorry, what is sweetheart scanning? It's a brilliant word in the retail space. <laughs> yeah. But if we're in cahoots, I'm yeah. the teller and you're the customer, you slide over a, a, a carton of cigarettes, but I ring up a box of matches. Uh, so okay. I'm still, so, the, so, so you've seen on the, on the checkout counters, you hear that beep, beep, yes. beep, which is every time something being, yes. being scanned, okay. which is fine because then you've got 10 objects being scanned and you've got 10 objects. Ten being, okay. The problem is if we're in collusion, yes. I'm, I'm ringing up a low-value item, but I'm giving you a high-value. Got it. So okay. it's sweetheart scanning. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, cool. So my guest today has been Roy Elvez, who's the country manager of Access Communications, and we've been talking about, uh, I guess, the future and the now of retail and being smarter as a retailer to increase your revenue. Roy, once again, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks, Ryan. Great. Thank you. Thank you. You just listened to the Digital Influence with Ryan Hoyle. Cliffcentral.com